Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 244 of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin, joined by my co-host. He is Adnan Ikich at Say Which Way. Adnan, welcome back. Well, I guess you weren't really gone, so don't just welcome welcome in general. How are you doing tonight? Uh, doing good. You know, it was a very rainy day today in Atlanta, but you know the so it's, it's been a, a pretty pretty mild summer so far. I would say weather hasn't even hit the nineties yet. So uh, you know, just enjoying the weather these days. Yeah, no, it's it, I think it was a, a high in the sixties here in Syracuse today. So. Uh, it was, it was actually like slightly chilly, but it was also rainy. Although unfortunately it sounds like we're going to be getting some more of that wildfire smoke coming back in this weekend. So, uh, not, not looking forward to that, but, um, the temperatures were immaculate. So, uh, happy about that, but welcome in everyone to the Falcoholic live. Uh, this is it for news guys. Okay. Like this is, this is it. We got news from mini camp. We got notes. We got some tryouts. We got some injury updates and then it's going to be nothing from now until, uh, late July. Uh, so, you know, enjoy this, this last show with, with real news. Maybe we'll get a, a random signing, I guess, uh, before camp, you know, maybe, um, that, that weather talk was actually supposed to last us 20 minutes. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I needed to stretch that out more. That's my bad. Yeah. No, I, 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 that's a mishandling of resources, but you know, I said to Adnan before the show that like, we don't necessarily have to go for like 90 minutes every single time, but, um, now I sort of feel like. Like we, we have to, like, we just can't help ourselves. We find something to talk about. Uh, so, you know, we enjoy it. Uh, we enjoy talking to you guys and, uh, we're here to bring you some Falcons takes and we will be continuing to do so even through the dead period, of course. Um, shout out to uh, all the fellow sitcoms out there who are here in yeah. mid June yes. to listen to talk about the Falcons. Yes. These are the same folks that'll be here for like, I guess there's no more fourth preseason game, but the third preseason game or whatever the equivalent uh, of that is we'll we'll have you know those guys that that's probably you guys all 32 of you here for the start of the show uh here in, in the midst of june so we appreciate that uh we'll be getting to lots of stuff today reminder to like subscribe uh leave us that five star review if you're listening to the podcast audio we appreciate that uh and if you're interested in, we did just get the training camp dates so uh if you're interested in helping support our coverage getting us to camp uh, the donation is in, uh, the donation links in the show description. Uh, all, all donations this month are going towards that training camp fund. Appreciate everyone who's already contributed or already, uh, $53 in. So, um, good, good job guys. Uh, appreciate that big time. Um, and we're looking forward to bringing you that sweet, sweet training camp content, uh, once again. So before we get started with the takes, want to read you a message from our sponsor, betonline.ag, your number one source for all your sports stats, info, news, and scores, can get the latest odds in line and the latest matchup reports for all of your favorite sports, including NFL and NFL futures. Right? I always go back to you know you, you can bet on the Falcons if you're if you're a degenerate. Um, I I don't necessarily recommend it, but I mean that over under number for Atlanta, it's it's kind of low, right? So maybe you get in ahead of the curve, right? Uh, I know the that. sponsors won't like me saying this, um, <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not a gambler. Like I, I don't bet or anything. My advice always is to never, never bet on your favorite team regarding yeah. anything. No, or, that's wise. It's very because wise. It's, it's you know it's too much bias and too much like you, you know you we have guys in yeah. here who are during the preseason talking about oh yeah like you know I put down some money on the Falcons tonight like why it's it's the preseason like what what are we even doing here. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I uh, I don't know. My advice is always don't 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 put any action on your favorite team. Yeah, no, that's very wise from Adnan there. Uh, it it's it's too much. 
emotion involved. It's not a very smart bet, typically. But no matter who you're betting on, guys, uh, Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season. So they've got you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. Uh, basketball's over, but there's still MLB, golf, UFC, boxing, all that until we get started here with the NFL in a couple months. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So head to the website today or use our mo- use your mobile device, not ours. Please don't use my mobile device to do that. Uh, to get in on the action be sure to use our promo code however believe is the code it's b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts all right adnan where do you where do you want to start today should we talk about maybe maybe some injury updates that's 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 good that's some positive news after we unfortunately had the avery williams news last week yeah yeah uh, we, we can use some good injury news because yeah it's uh Man, I'm still I'm still really bummed out about the Avery Williams stuff. Yeah, it's it's brutal feel for Avery, but uh, he's young and and kind of made himself indispensable to the team. So I I have a feeling he's going to be just fine, thankfully for him. But we did get some great news in that Taquan Graham, who was one of sort of the breakout players on the defensive line from last year, uh, unfortunately missed the back half of the season with a season-ending injury. He was back in full today. Uh, and had practiced earlier this week as well. So he is back, and Taquan Graham not necessarily needed to be a starter this year, but I really like his upside, and, and him having him as, I think, the third guy in the rotation is, is a good role for him. What do you think about Taquan Graham uh, finally cut, returning to the lineup? No, I mean, I like – he had a – he was sort of breaking out last year. Yeah. Like, he was having a really good season, you know – Outside of that, you know, fumble against the Chargers that, you know, we won't mention. That, we don't talk about that. Yeah. He, yeah. he doesn't play offense, guys. Okay. Like, come on. He, he saw he saw his moment for glory. He's like, yeah. oh, th- this is my chance. Um, yeah, big fellas, you know, when you recover the fumble, just, you know, on a tangent, just was, go down, like go out of bounds. Like, you, you know, you're, you're not meant to, to carry it. But, yeah, you, it sucked that he was uh, – that he was put on IR last year, and I think it was late November. Yeah, because he was he was looking good. Like last season, he was, I would say the the best interior interior defensive lineman outside of Grady Jarrett. Not that, you know, not that that's a very high bar, or not that that has been a very high bar on, on in this franchise for the past decade. Um, but I'm happy that he's back. It looks like he'll he'll be all systems go for training camp. Um, this is one of those guys that was. You know, so far he's looking like sort of a day three gem. Um, and, you know, he's someone that will really help this interior defense. The, the entire and the entire depth along the defensive line is just so exciting this year. You know, I, I'd say that that's, that's probably one of the strongest parts of the defense. Uh, you know, they're out, outside of Grady, of course. There's no real, like, superstar along the defensive line. But it's just so... It's just so deep. It's deeper than I can ever remember it uh, on an Atlanta Falcons team. And it's just one of those things where you know that when one guy checks out, another guy checks in, you're not real. There's not really going to be much of a drop off. And it's just going to be, uh, I would say it's going to be very difficult for opposing offensive linemen, opposing offensive guards, having to, to, to face, you know, that amount of fresh bodies who are, you know, quality football players throughout the entire game. So Taquan Graham definitely factors into that equation. And I am looking forward to, you know, seeing how he's going to build on what was a very successful 2022 season. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. I think this was, uh, this was a player that I think really had, some his best play basically before he was getting hurt and it was sort of tragic to lose him because he had an enormous opportunity and I, I think he did a good job with it. Um so good on him for playing well. He's gonna I think be counted on once again this year. But like you said, the the depth on the interior is as good as it's ever been, particularly if we can get Eddie Goldman back at anything similar to what he was playing at before he, you know, missed time for the COVID season and also, you know, retired this last year. So if he can come back into form, that's all of a sudden a really scary group. And they've got other guys in there that I think are sort of unheralded, but are really interesting, like Joe Gaziano, sort of an under the radar signing who 
Chargers fans raved about him. Like I sort of was like, oh, who is this guy? And and they were well, like, no, 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 he's yeah. They were like, oh, he's good. Like he is actually good. So, um, Carlos Davis, is, you know, back, Golden's also coming up back refreshed too. Like yeah. don't don't under don't underrate just how much that can do for someone. You know, especially someone that plays, you know, such a brutal position. You know, just taking that year off, you know, getting getting mentally refreshed, you know, physically refreshed, and then coming back at, you know, hopefully 100%. Like, you know, Eddie Goldman, he could – I think he makes the roster, and he could be, you know, one of those sleeper, you know, sort of difference makers a little bit on this team. Yeah, no, I think so. It's like – they they have brought in competition for him. I don't think they're putting all their eggs in the Eddie Goldman basket, but I, I agree. I think he's sort of the favorite at this point. Um, but they still have Timmy Horn from last year, who did start to come into form as an undrafted free agent late in the That's year. That's a preseason hero, Timmy Horn. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Carlos Davis, they recently signed to another uh, guy who's had experience playing the nose. So they do have some guys in here in case that doesn't work out, but I, I'm definitely uh, interested in, you know, Jay Diaz in the chat. He didn't have to come back. He chose to, to come back and play. And look, if I looked at last year's defensive line and then saw this year's defensive line, I'd want to come back and play on this unit as well. So definitely hoping for good things there. The other player we got an update on um, was Kyle Pitts. And basically the update is they, they sort of expect him to be back for camp, training camp. But at this point, they don't really have any other updates on him. They, basically that he's working back and, and that they're expecting him to be ready for camp. But that's about, I think, what we were expecting. So there's no surprise there. But... Um, are you concerned that he hasn't made it back yet, Odon, or is this about where you were thinking he'd be returning oh. as well? No, this is about exactly where I thought so, because a uh, torn MCL last year, it was late in the season. Uh, it was definitely on the back half, in, in the back half of the season. He didn't, you know, play any snaps with Desmond Ritter, as we remember. Got hurt in that Cleveland Browns game. And, it, you know, this is, training camp was right around exactly the time when they were expecting him to return, and you know, it's it's a very positive thing that he hasn't had any setbacks because the dangerous part about an injury like that is, you know, throughout all of that time period, if you do end up having a setback, then one, one setback can become another setback. And then, you know, we, we saw with Michael Thomas, it wasn't a knee injury, but he had that ankle injury a couple of years ago. And he, I mean, he's pretty much stolen money from the Saints ever since then. Um but you know it is it is good to see him back. The next, I'm not expecting him to do a lot in training camp, and I don't think he he'll be asked to. He's already you know he's already one of the more proven players on the roster. The next step for him is gonna be you know getting over that mental hurdle, especially as someone who I, I don't think he's had any major knee injuries you know in his life. I, Certainly, did I don't think he had any in in Florida. I don't think he had any before then. But you know, no matter what the injury is, just you know, sort of going out there and making that first cut. You know, especially on a turf field the way that Mercedes-Benz Stadium is. You know, having that first, getting back into that first real live action. You know, that's sometimes that can be the harder than even that physical recovery. But, you know, definitely it is it is good that he will be back for training camp. Seems like he probably will play at least a little bit in the preseason. And, you know, he'll very likely be 100% for week one, which is, which is the most important thing. Yeah, I would not... I would not be nervous at this point, folks, if, if training camp rolls around and he's still not back. I think you could start to get a little nervous, you know, but I think... If he, as long as he's on the field for some of training camp, I think it's going to be fine. Um, really, you just want him to get those reps with, with Desmond Ritter before the season starts. But um, I, I think that that's not going to be an issue. Uh, I, and I'm just excited to see Pitts back on the field. I know you guys are going to be excited for that as well. Hopefully, it'll be one of the first things we see when we get to Flowery Branch is uh, Kyle Pitts with a big old smile on his face and helmet in hand. Uh, but I'm sure we'll get more updates on that as everything approaches and of course as soon as we hear anything we will let you guys know um but yeah those were the two uh main updates we also of course are without avery williams who unfortunately is going to be almost certainly out for the season with an acl injury um it's not impossible that he could return for the very end of the season it's just very unlikely 
Um, we are also without Caleb Huntley, who is returning from a uh, Achilles injury. And I would not expect to see him at all um, in camp. I think that he's likely to begin on, on the PUP. Um, and then Eddie Goldman was the other guy that was not out there this week at minicamp. Um, he is on an excused absence, essentially, as he continues. It seems like they're having him basically do conditioning work, um, you know, separately. He may be at the facility. He's just not practicing. Um, but it sounds like there's no concern about his availability, just that they're trying to work him back gradually. Um, so that was the rest of the updates there. Uh, let's get to the guys who are trying out this week. Um, we had wide receiver Chris Blair, kicker Matthew Trickett, who was a guy that the Falcons had in uh, rookie minicamp, uh, cornerback Blesson uh, Austin, who everyone just calls Bless, uh, which I think is cool, uh, Michael Jacobson, the tight end, Demarcus Hayes on the offensive line, and then two defensive linemen, Kavion Patton and Albert Huggins. Um, I'm not super familiar with... I, I Blesson Austin, I've heard of. I think he started, actually, for... I forget who. Uh, for like 10 games. But um, yeah, any of those guys interest you at all, Adnan, at this point? I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't know those guys. <laughs> you don't know any of them? You don't even know Bless? Genuinely no. Like... <laughs> we were supposed to stretch this segment for 30 minutes, on. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's come to yeah. this. Yeah, we're, we're actually supposed to be ending our weather talk right about we're now. Still, yeah, I think we're right about to the end of the weather discussion. Yeah. No, but yeah, look, look, yeah. Yeah, like this, this discussion was supposed to take us to 9 p.m. right now, actually. Yeah. But uh, Blesson, uh, Bless Austin, uh, sixth round pick of the Jets in 2019. Uh, he did actually start 10 games for the Jets in 2020, and he started six games for them as a rookie. Uh, I won't claim to know exactly how well he did. He did uh, He did not play in 2022. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with that, but he is someone who has, you know, some starts under his belt. Um, you know, if, if the team decides to move on from Breon Borders, who's going to be suspended to start the year. Um you know, I wonder if, if Bless is going to be taking that spot. We'll see. Uh, but he's probably the most well-known of that group. Um, Trickett, again, was a the guy they had in rookie minicamp. Um, he's probably just, you know, someone that's going to be in there and split the kicking work in, in camp with, with Koo. So you don't necessarily have to have Koo kicking all the time. Um, and I think the only other guy that I recognize is Albert Huggins, who I think played somewhere and has actually played a decent amount in the NFL. It, let me, let me pull it up. But I, I, yeah, he's another guy that was from the 2019 draft class a, as a, a UDFA. Um, he's got, I think, 14 career NFL games. Um, did play uh, nine games for the Saints in 2021. Um, had some pressures, you know, but mostly a depth guy. So it seems like the, the Falcons are just sort of, again, looking to see if they can find any small upgrades to the bottom of the depth chart. Um but uh, none of these guys, I think, are super big needle movers, more depth competition. But, you know, interesting to see again that they're – I think some of these guys were from the XFL as well. I apologize. I don't I don't know which ones were from the XFL. But, um, you know, they're not really content still, uh, even th- at this being like the last basically on-field session until training camp. They're still looking at guys. So that uh, they're they're consistent with that, uh, doing, doing that work at churning the roster. Um, yeah, we talked about how how I mean we've raved about how nice it is. It's a nice change of pace that uh, these guys, you know, front office is absolutely never satisfied. Uh, they're constantly trying out guys from other leagues. Like they tried out that CFL tight end too yesterday. The the guy who used to play for the Colts, uh, Nikola Kalinic. Uh, so I don't really know anything about it. He plays for Hamilton. The only thing I do know that is a fun fact is that there is actually three different, uh, including him, there's actually three different people with that same name who are professional athletes. Um, and none of them are related. So <laughs> you have Nikola Kalinic, the, the basketball player who plays for Barcelona who also played for the Serbian national team. You know, the most famous one is the one who played for the Croatian national team, who currently plays for Hajduk Split. And then you have, you know, this Nikola Kalinic, who, you know, plays for Hamilton and is a hopeful for the Atlanta Falcons roster. Uh, no, None of those guys are related. Two of them actually aren't even from the same country as the third. 
And that's about my entire contribution to to this conversation. A very athletic name, clearly. I mean, you got three professional athletes with the same exact name. So clearly the name portends pretty i mean look we're, we're talking about these guys as like fringe nfl players but that's still like a huge accomplishment we're talking like one percent of all football players so um yeah the other two are actually i think kind of somewhat famous in europe too like yeah, you know yeah. probably nobody in america has heard of them but if you okay. follow if you follow international soccer you'll have heard of the uh the soccer player and if you follow the euro league you'll have heard of the basketball players so yeah you yeah. know yeah, this is this is June conversation at its peak right about. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, let me get to uh, Nico's $5 donation here. Thank you so much, Nico. Appreciate that. He says, hi, Kevin and Anon. What's up, Nico, man? Appreciate you. He says, I know it doesn't seem like a major issue, but three of our four running backs were injured uh, last season. What do you think we should do about that running back depth with Avery Williams out for all of 2023 in all likelihood? No, I'm not lo- lobbying for Dalvin Cook. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I know you're not. Uh, yeah, I, I, we're not, they're not going to go after Dalvin Cook. But I think it's an interesting question because now with Avery Williams gone, there really is a spot for sure. You know, and Caleb Huntley, he's on the roster, but he's almost certainly going to be, you know, on IR to start the season. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good question. Adnan, do you see them sort of seeing you know it seems like they do like carlos washington who was the udfa they brought in but um do you foresee them chasing after a veteran running back or going after maybe another udfa type guy um i think both i think sort of both i think they're gonna bring in a veteran they're gonna and they're gonna have you know a heated competition for what all of a sudden is an open roster spot for the falcons because like you said caleb huntley's not gonna be ready to start the season nobody's expecting him to be ready he had you know, arguably the worst possible injury that a running back can have uh, with, with the Achilles tear. Uh, so you have Rob, Bijan Algier, Cordero Patterson, who is probably going to be more more so a weapon who Arthur Smith uses all around the line of scrimmage. And, you know, that fourth running back spot is all of a sudden very open with Avery Williams not playing. And, you know, I, I do think that they would, do want to go into the season with a fourth running back um, because, you know, Patterson is getting up there in age. He's going to be more of a, I don't want to say a gadget player, but he will be, you know, someone who isn't going to play that traditional running back role as much. Um, but I think one of the ways that they're, you know, mitigating the, these injury concerns is, you know, with the drafting of B. John Robinson in the first place, you know, that, that, that plays a part. That's the, that's not the reason why the Falcons brought in Bijan, but it's one of those things that, you know, it sort of solves that issue a little bit. You have Robinson, you have Algier, uh, Cordero Patterson will not have as much on his plate. Patterson broke down each of the last two seasons for the end of the year. And, you know, that sort of happened as a result of the insane workload that he had in comparison to the rest of his career. Like, this is a dude that has played wide receiver throughout the majority of his life up until a few years ago. And, you know, he never really carried that sort of a load. A couple of years ago, he really broke down the year. And last year, he had that knee swelling. He had, he had to have that knee procedure, which landed him on short-term IR. And then at the end of the season, he was sort of, you know, not – you know, not as efficient. He was actually very, he was sort of, it sounds mean, but he was sort of wasting carries at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, you and know, that's I, just because, I, you know, Algier was so good too. Like Algier was just crushing it at the end of the season. Yeah, he was, but Patterson's like yards per carry was also really disastrous too, whenever he did get that opportunity. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but basically, yeah, so I'm not really worried about the running back room, but this, the Falcons have a running back room that can really sort of survive an injury to any of their guys, you know, on the short term. Um, now, I mean, long-term injuries are, are a different story, but that's literally any position. But I'm not really as worried, especially considering the fact that Huntley should be back at some point this year. Uh, Williams, I'm not expecting to be back. You know, there are, you know, those veteran options, um, but I definitely think that the Falcons will 
you know, I think they'll have a spirited competition for that fourth running back spot where it'll be, you know, the best man wins between the veteran that they bring in and, uh, and some of these UDFAs that are really, you know, clawing to make any sort of a roster. Yeah. Yeah. There are like, there's a few guys out there, you know, that aren't going to be expensive, um, that the Falcons could consider. Uh, I don't think it's going to be any of the big names. You know, I, I brought up JD McKissick on another show as someone who might be interesting, but he did suffer a pretty serious injury. Um, so I think there's concern that McKissick may not play again. Um, obviously if he's healthy, I think he's pretty intriguing because he's another guy that has some returnability and that would be a fun, you know, sort of, uh, reunion with the Falcons. Right. But yeah, um, yeah. he should have never been cut that year when he was. Yeah. Yeah. I I legitimately had no idea what they were doing because I I think he had a kickoff return for a touchdown in the last week as Arthur Blank was being interviewed, you know, on TV. And, you know, he was just a shock that they cut him. And then, you know, he ended up making a pretty good impact, you know, as, as a valuable piece with Seattle and then Washington. Yeah. Um, we've also got uh, Dontrell Hilliard, who was just with the uh, Titans. He's actually been extremely efficient. Um, I think his career yards per attempt is like 5.9. Um, he had 6.6 yards per attempt on 22 carries with the Titans last year. And then in 2021, uh, had 6.3 yards per attempt on 56 carries for the Titans. So, you know, I'm sort of surprised he's still out there. He also has some returnability um, as like insurance. I think he's mostly returned kicks, but he does have, I believe, uh, like 17 career punt returns um, averaged, you know, only about seven yards per punt return, but he does have experience there as depth. Um, and then there's guys like Justin Jackson and, and Daryl Williams, um, who I think are, you know, solid options as, as a depth guy. So there's, there's certainly options out there, but like we said on last week's show, like there's not really any impetus to sort of go out there and like sign someone immediately. They can probably wait to see what they have. Um, and then maybe add someone before camp if they feel a little bit, uh, a little bit uneasy with the, the state of that depth chart. Um, we got a $2 donation from Brandon Brass. What's up, Brandon? Uh, he says, thoughts on Demarcus Hayes, the offensive line tryout, used to play for Vanderbilt and Georgia Tech. Uh, he's listed at 6'5", 315, and can play either tackle. Yeah, Brandon, I mean, I, I won't claim that I've actually seen Demarcus Hayes play, so I, I can't comment on that. But look, he, if he's a tackle, he's got the size, it seems like. Um you know, they're looking for a swing tackle. Uh, they need one. So there's a big opportunity for someone to to be that swing tackle. Um, you know, I, I so I think certainly he has a chance at the practice squad. Pretty much any tackle they sign will at this point. So, you know, he's he's intriguing. I haven't watched his college tape, so I can't really say um, one way or the other if I think he's got like a really good shot. But I, I think he's at least someone that's intriguing, and they clearly think so too if they brought him in for a tryout. So um, do you ever see him play? Adon, I know you or in Atlanta, I've seen some, maybe seen some tech over the years, but he, uh, he didn't really play that, that much. He played for UGA, played just a few games, uh, over in, in 2019. But yeah, it's, he does, he certainly has a size. He's a former, he's a former four-star prospect. He was very, very good, you know, in high school, obviously. It was an, he came from junior college. Uh, he was the number two junior JUCO offensive line like uh, prospect, but Atlanta is definitely the camp you want to be in if you are one of these hopeful offensive tackles. Uh, and this is just not just regarding Hayes, but anybody. Um, and I'm just speaking on him as as at UGA. I don't know. If I, I don't watch Vanderbilt football. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not um, that big of a masochist. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm no disrespect to the Commodores, but uh, what the fuck do I look like sitting watching random Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt games? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But basically like the Atlanta Falcons just have outside of McGarry and Matthews, the depth on the offensive line just isn't really there. Yeah, you know, they I mean, cut the right one now, guy I was like somewhat confident in, in Jermaine Effetti. So, um, yeah, yeah. Effetti's gone. You, 
if Tyler Vrabel is the most famous name right now. Who, who's only <laughs> what about Jalen Mayfield? That's that's a good segue to the next topic, actually. Mm. So we, maybe we should hit that. But <laughs> I'd rather not talk to Jalen Mayfield getting any significant snaps to the tackle positions. Well, you know, you know Greenridge, Greenidge, you know. Josh right? Miles actually, I think, is the favorite right now. Um, he's at someone who actually graded out about average according to PFF in his like 200 snaps. So there's that's something, I guess. Um, but yeah, not not super comfortable there. But uh, yeah, speaking of. Jalen Mayfield and the offensive line. Uh, we did get a pretty, uh, it seems like the second team offensive line has started to sort of coalesce a little bit more. This was the uh, consistent offensive, second team offensive line in 11 on 11. Uh, left tackle was Tyler Vrabel, aforementioned Tyler Vrabel. Matthew Bergeron working at left guard. Ryan Newsel, the newsflash at center. Justin Schaefer at right guard. And then Jalen Mayfield at right tackle. Um, it seems like he has maybe moved back to tackle. Uh, what, what do you think? Does that, I, some of those guys in the second team offensive line, I feel pretty good about, like, I love newsflash. I think Bergeron obviously is going to end up the starter by the time uh, everything's said and done. But, uh, what, what do you think about the rest of that unit or even the two guys I mentioned? Only 4% of universities in the U S are R1 research institutions and Temple university is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit I hope... <laughs> I wish very good health to our starting offensive lineman. Um, I'd be kind of mad if I was Jalen Mayfield. I'm not going <laughs> like, legitimately, because he was like, that's what he, that's the position he played in college. And then he really got screwed his rookie year. Like they didn't even let this man play guard in training camp. And, you know, they just threw him in, you know, at left guard against fucking Fletcher Cox. Yeah. And then beat like him <laughs> and then, like, you know, the, the New York Giants. And it's just like – and now now it's like, all right, so now you're putting him back at tackle. Uh, I'd be kind of – so, like, as bad as Jalen Mayfield's been, and he has been very bad in the NFL, the Falcons have done him absolutely no favors. Like, mm-hmm. I have – I'm very disappointed in the way he's been mismanaged as a third-round pick just in general. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – you know, Tyler Rabel, <laughs> Rabel, yay. Uh, yeah, I do think Ber- he stuck around. Yeah. I think Bergeron is going to be the starting left guard. And, you know, I think it will be, you know, it, if he isn't, then there's going to be some questions asked as, you know, a high second round pick. He should be starting from day one, especially given the fact that his main competition is Matt Hennessy right now for that position. Um, You know, I, I'm intrigued. The most intriguing name, other than Bergeron, obviously, is for me is Justin Schaefer. I, I do want to see I, – I am interested in seeing what he has in, in training camp in the preseason. This was a shock a shock selection you know, that they had um, in, in, uh, in the draft, not this past draft, but the dra- draft last year. Um, I'm not really – confident in the depth at all right now but you know let we'll, we'll see where it goes but to be completely honest with you the names that you you know mentioned outside of Bergeron none of them really give me any confidence if those guys have to have any extended snaps in the regular season yeah I agree um hopefully we won't have to see that so you know I think it's it it's interesting where these guys are at and and I do uh think that we're going to need to depend on some of these guys um you know and matt hennessy is going to be if he's not the left guard starter then he'll be really good depth for that for the interior um but it's really at tackle and i you know I, it seems like they really want to give mayfield a shot alongside rabel to sort of earn that spot but you know i i sort of feel like this is a spot where we're more than likely going to see a veteran come in um 
like this is this could be one of those like we get to week one of the preseason that second team offensive line comes in and they get like wrecked and then we see like like an Andy Levitre trade or something you know like something similar to that <laughs> it's like oh god okay we need something else someone else in here but um the good news is there's a lot of tackles out on the market right now um you know I I don't know that you're signing any of these guys to be a starter but in terms of like a depth option you've still got guys like Eric Fisher uh, you've got like Tom Compton, legendary, uh, you know, Tom Compton reunion, by the way, uh, he was in Atlanta for the 2016 season, uh, Juwan James of the Ravens, um, you know, Marcus Cannon, a little bit older, obviously, but he's out there. Um, you know, it, they've got some options. Um, there, there are some, some folks out there that can provide decent depth. Uh, it's just, you know, they can always, you know, sort of solidify the interior depth of the offensive line by, you know, signing Ben Jones. And then you have Dahlman and Hennessy as your backup center and swing guard. So, but you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it doesn't seem like the Ben Jones dream is happening. Unfortunately. Yeah. It's not, but man, it just, I, I just don't get like, it just makes too much sense. Like, they just love Drew Dahlman. Yet. <laughs> I know that makes you very uncomfortable. I mean, I think it, it told us everything we needed to know when they passed on John Michael Schmitz for a guard uh, that they had total faith in Drew Dahlman because they could have had the best center in the draft, like a day one high-end starter, and they were like, no, we like Drew Dahlman. So, you know, we'll, we'll find out if that was wise or not, but they definitely liked Dahlman, and uh, they felt left guard obviously was the bigger need. So, hey, we'll see. Um, let's see some more ground to cover here. Uh, we did get another update on that new return battle that's happening now with Avery Williams out of the picture. Uh, we did see D Alford featured heavily, uh, Penny Hart, the wide receiver, obviously Mike Hughes, who might be the favorite now, as well as Scotty Miller, uh, Josh Ali, and then UDFA receivers, Xavier Malone and Keelan Harris. Um, so those are the guys that were returning punts. Um, so, you know, they've got a number of guys back there. We'll see if anyone sort of wins that job outright, you know, seems like he was probably going to be the favorite considering his experience and, and ability there. But, um, yeah, curious. Uh, do, do you have a favorite of that group right now? Adnan? I mean, we haven't really seen them at all, but I mean, at the moment it's used, but it's, you can't really, yeah, we I haven't seen really... any of them yet. <laughs> we haven't seen any of like, I mean, I'm assuming that they would rather Scotty Miller not be the returner, given the fact that he, you know, is probably going to have a bit of a prominent role on the offense um, as as that guy who takes the top off the defense. Um, I mean, hey, shout out to Alford, by the way. You know, yeah. he's someone that, you know, was a fringe roster hopeful last year, and now he's sort of expanding his skill set. Uh, he'll probably make the roster this year um, coming from the CFL. But, yeah, it's – we can only just speculate at this point um, yeah. until we until we get to training camp and until we see it. Like right now, right now Hughes is, is the favorite pretty much. Like that's, that's yeah. pretty much. And he would be fine. Like if he won the job, I would feel comfortable with that. You know, I, I do wonder – Hughes hasn't been as elite, you know, UCF legend, Mike Hughes, uh, his final season in college, he was like the best kick returner in college football. I think he had three return touchdowns, two on kicks and one on, or maybe it was two punts and one kick return. Um, hasn't had that much success at the NFL, healthy, healthy averages there, but you know, we'll see. Um, but yeah, you know, on the topic of D Alford, that's the next place I wanted to go, which is that, um, Basically, D. Alford is the number two nickel uh, slot corner right now um, and has been basically rotating in there with Mike Hughes at the slot spot. Um, so it's not like the Falcons aren't necessarily just handing that job to Mike Hughes, who I think, you know, is a really good depth option because he can play both outside and inside. If so, if he were to lose that battle, I don't think it's a terrible thing. You know, he's making like two point something million. That's fine if he's like your primary depth corner. Um, but it seems like D. Alford actually is, uh, like, being featured in, in an actual competition there. And maybe, you know, right now, obviously, Clark Phillips probably still getting worked in. So we'll see how much of a factor Phillips is later on. But what do you think about D. Alford, you know, per perhaps winning that, that slot job outright? 
I think it will be it'll be uh, a, a bit of a mountain to climb for him. It's a, a very large hill to climb at the very least because you know you do have Hughes, who, as you mentioned, he was brought in as you know someone who you know has experience in that position. He was when we signed him, we thought instantly, yeah, this is going to be your slot corner. He has familiarity with uh with the coaching staff with uh the the DBs coach, um. So he's definitely the favorite. And then you have Clark Phillips, who I think is, you know, in, in that second place, you know, role regarding favorites after everything he did in college. Um, after, you know, how much everyone raved about the Falcons getting him in the draft. I don't think that Phillips, you know, is tall enough to play on the outside. But I, I do think that, you know, he is you know, good enough to have a future as a starting slot corner in this league. Maybe, you know, maybe not in day one, maybe yes in day one. But, you know, it's it's good for Alford to sort of be, you know, I don't want to say cross-trained because, you know, he's a corner, that that's his position. But it, I, I do think that it's one of those things where the coaching staff is sort of looking ahead. I don't think Alford will end up being the slot corner, but it's one of those things where they're getting him a bit familiar with the role just in case you need him, you know, to slot in pun intended slot into that role, you know, in, in the regular season in case, in case of an injury or in case, you know, something unexpected happens to where, all right, now you have Alford, you know, who can just step into that slot corner role and, you know, hopefully not miss a beat because he does have some familiar familiarity it's, I don't know, I feel like their approach right now with some of this stuff, not just him, but, you know, we we're talking about Avery Williams being cross-trained at different positions, at wide receiver, cornerback, running back. Uh, it feels like the coaching staff has a completely different approach right now in comparison to that first season under Arthur Smith, where I, we just mentioned Jalen Mayfield, you know, not being played a guard at all until week one, but... Yeah. You know, it's definitely, it definitely feels like some lessons learned. And I I do like that they're sort of bracing for, you know, anything to happen because it's the NFL where everything does happen. And, you know, I don't think that it's in their plans to have Alfred starting there, but I think that in case he needs to step into that role, they want him to do it. Yeah, no, and I think it's wise. Um, you know, with Clark Phillips, the thing with him too, is that he hasn't played slot much. He played it like one or two games in college. Um, so it may take time for him to learn that role too. Um, and remember D Alford coming from the XF or not the XFL, the CFL, he was an outside corner in the CFL had to learn how to play the slot here. So it may be a gradual thing for Clark Phillips. Um, and we'll see, you know, where he ends up slotting in. But again, the, the depth I think should be really good. And I think all these guys, uh, having that versatility to move into the slot at worst. Um, it's going to help them make the roster, and I think it would have been, you know, it, it's good to have that reliable depth there. Um, let's see what else we got here. So uh, we got some John Fitzpatrick news. He's also back, for those that weren't aware. Obviously, Fitz um, missed the entire 2022 season with an injury he suffered in training camp, um, but he's back, and it seems like he's one of the primary run-blocking tight ends for this team. Um you know, the, the Falcons have Kyle Pitts, they have Johnny Smith, and then they've got Parker Hesse, who's sort of his own unique type of blocker in terms of their like pure blocking Felipe specialist. Franks. Yeah. Felipe yeah. Franks too, you know, the tight oh, that's end. right. I forgot my, my bad. I, I shouldn't slander that man. Um, but John Fitzpatrick coming in, he's working with the offensive line, uh, doing run blocking drills when the other tight ends are doing like pass catching drills. So it seems like he may be actually end up being, um, one of the blocking specialists. Uh, you know, we didn't see the team re-sign Michael Pruitt like we thought. So it seems like maybe John Fitzpatrick is going to be the beneficiary of that. What do you think about uh, Fitzpatrick finally getting an opportunity, uh, hopefully healthy, uh, in 2023? I mean, he's legitimately right now one of the favorites, or he is the favorite yeah. for that block, for the blocker specialist tight end role. Like legitimately, the the that's you know a role that Arthur Smith likes to have you know on his roster right now. If there are no other signings, I wouldn't you know project Fitzpatrick to be 
on on the 53 man roster you know as of you know right now it's june 14th i that's that's what i'm expecting now obviously you know we a lot can happen between now and training camp let alone between now and week one of the season we don't know who they're going to bring in they brought michael pruitt in last year remember in the middle of training yeah, camp. yeah. wouldn't um, rule that out either <laughs> yeah and i mean I, i'm actually really shocked that they haven't brought michael pruitt back i don't know what's up with that like you know, I would is, have is already it, signed him. Yeah. <laughs> is it a money thing? Is it like, you know, is it Michael doesn't want to play anymore? Is, I, I don't know. I, I'm not really going to speculate, but like that, he he looked really good last year. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm really sure. Maybe it is a they're they're just that confident in in the guys that they have on the depth chart right now, uh, or maybe they just you know don't maybe they know that if they bring it back through it, maybe they'll have to part ways yeah. with fully paid pranks and Arthur Smith can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, that would be brutal. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm shocked. Like, because it doesn't really cost you much to at least have Pruitt in here for camp. Um, you know, season isn't starting tomorrow, but you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. You know, it's right now we're just, we're really splitting hairs looking at, Oh, why haven't they brought Michael Pruitt back? But yeah, you know, yeah. it's just, to stay on topic to answer the question about Fitzpatrick, as of right now, he is he he does project on the fifty-three man roster. For yeah, just I'd have him as the tight end four. Yeah, like he is that specialist. Like the other guys, the other tight ends, like Kyle Pitts is pretty much your wide receiver one. You know, Jonu Smith is you know pretty much your your tight end. Um, <laughs> and you know Parker Hesse isn't as strong of a blocker. And Felipe Franks, I mean. We don't even have to talk about him right now, but <laughs> Patrick it, it is that that specialist right now on your team. Yeah, and so I I do agree that he's a favorite for the roster at this point, and I think the thing with with Pruitt is I think he's going to be thirty two this year or thirty three, so he is getting up there. Tight ends do routinely play, you know, into their mid thirties without issue, but I I do believe that they're like they want to give these young guys a chance. But I wouldn't be surprised if if they're not seeing the growth they want or the play that they want from these guys that, that Pruitt makes a return in camp. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, the only thing I could think of is that the it's the age thing. Maybe he's hoping for more money now. That I mean, I think based on what he showed last year, he's deserving of money. But, um, yeah, it, we'll see. But it, it's funny because Pruitt and Johnu Smith almost exactly the same in terms of, like, build. Um, just Pruitt's, like, a much better blocker. So... Um, and I, I think Smith is a better receiver, certainly, but it's, it's interesting, uh, that those two guys are like so similar. It's like, I think I would just, I would have brought it back just because, but, um, you know, I don't blame them for wanting to see their young, the guys, especially the guy they drafted too. Um, cause if Pruitt comes in, you have to think he's winning like a roster spot, taking a roster spot from one of these young guys. And maybe they're not necessarily wanting that to happen. So the easiest way to get out of that difficult decision is just to not sign him. So. I mean, I get that, but at the same time, it's like I would still want him in camp, you know, to have, you know, to see if the young guys can beat him out too. But, you know, maybe, I, I don't know. The only thing I can guess right now is a money thing because he yeah. hasn't really – he hasn't signed anywhere. No. No. So it's an interesting one for sure. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to monitor that. Um we did get uh, an update on the safety grouping. We got a little tidbit from the last session of OTAs that Micah Abernathy was up there on the depth chart. It seems like now with the full team there, the, the top three is sort of what you'd expect. Obviously, it's Jesse Bates um, and Richie Grant is the secondary starter. Uh, but Jalen Hawkins is the third safety. It seems like um, the Falcons are playing a fair amount of three safety looks, it sounds like. Uh, during today's practice, uh, we had Jesse Bates and Richie Grant as sort of the traditional uh, safety alignment, and then we saw Jalen Hawkins up closer to the line of scrimmage, which I thought was interesting. Um, but it, it seems like it's Bates, Grant, and then Hawkins on the depth chart. Um, so it seems like maybe Hawkins' roster spot a little bit safer than maybe we thought um, based on what we saw early in OTAs. But what do you think about that that safety trio? Do you feel pretty good about about those three guys? I mean, yeah, you know, it's it's June, but yeah, sure. Like, I, I don't, I, I like Hawkins as a depth piece. I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Jalen Hawkins as a starter. 
but bringing in Jesse Bates sort of, you know, remedied that and, and to where, you know, you don't have to like start Hawkins. Richie Grant, we're really hoping, uh, takes that step. Like, you know, it's kind of time, Richie. Like he, last year was his default, his de facto rookie season after he didn't really get much playing time a couple of years ago. But remember, this dude was a high second round pick. Like you use a premium pick for him. You passed on Creed Humphrey for him. You know, Creed right now would look really, really good in a Falcons uniform. Um, you know, Creed would help a lot, but, you know, the decision was made and we're, we're really needing Richie Grant to really take that next step and to really help solidify that secondary a little bit. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's right now it is as it should be. It is as, as expected. It was, you know, we were, we did pause a little bit last, last time when we heard that Hawkins wasn't the primary backup safety, but you know, he seems to be, in that spot now we'll see you know we'll see how everyone performs in training camp uh i i do expect demarco helens to make the team uh for his special teams uh for his special teams ability uh he was was i'm talking of course about the falcons seventh round pick Mm -hmm. um from alabama so you know yeah, I mean the safeties are are as they should be as of right now in June, but you know we'll see how it looks in in training camp. And Rich Grant is one of those guys I'm going to be keeping a really close eye on throughout training camp in the preseason because you know we we really do need Richie Grant to take that next step at that at that strong safety position. Yeah, we do, and I, I hope we see it. Certainly, Use, another UCF legend that that uh, I would love to see excel here in Atlanta. So. Uh, hoping for good things there from Richie Grant. Um, last couple things we'll get to. Uh, lots of praise for Johnny Smith. I know he was getting brought up in the chat. Uh, but basically just a lot of praise for his pass-catching ability, which we knew about. Again, sort of a, a non-traditional tight end. He runs. He lines up a lot in the backfield. He does a lot of motion stuff. He can do jet sweeps. Um, caught eight touchdowns in 2020 with the Titans. Uh and, you know, Smith, for, to his credit, has said that, you know, he feels just more comfortable in an Arthur Smith offense versus what he was in in, in New England, where he had sort of just a down couple of years. Um, and, you know, basically they talked about how much he's going to move around. Um, what do you think about Johnny Smith? I know you're high on him like I am, but, I mean, do you think he really can be a significant piece of the offense, getting like a pretty decent char- target share when it's all said and done? I mean, he was a significant piece of that Titans offense a few yeah. years ago. Uh, New England, he got paid in New England. Like, yeah. Arthur Smith got him paid. I mean, everyone was getting paid in New England that offseason. Um, but, yeah, he was he was a very prominent – he had a very prominent role, especially in the red zone, you know, in Tennessee. He had eight touchdowns his last season in Tennessee. He had one combined in each of the last two years of in New England. Um, but yeah, John, who is going to be on the field a lot, um, you know, I think they will utilize him a little bit on the jet sweep. Um, I think he will, you know, he will be a, a major factor in the red zone the way he was, you know, with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. He's not going to like get you a lot of yardage, but he doesn't have to. I, this will be a run heavy team after all. Uh, you do have Kyle Pitts and Drake London there to, suck suck up the majority of the target share but you know i think john smith will definitely play a very prominent role and you know there's a lot of familiarity we know that he's incredibly excited he was incredibly excited when presented with the prospect of getting traded to atlanta arthur smith knows what he's all about and you know he's someone that you know was a, a very a very strong tight end under the arthur smith offense and Anyone who plays fantasy football can tell you that. Yeah. No, he's, you know, I've, I've like jokingly called him Arthur Smith's red zone secret weapon, but there's, that's not even a real joke because he did catch those eight touchdowns. I think that, um, I think that, that Kyle Pitts, Drake, London, Bijan, or whoever's at running back, they're going to get the attention. And so someone like John U. Smith, especially if the Falcons are in a multiple tight end alignment, like it's really hard when you're lined up in 12 or 13, 
it's such a run heavy call um, that usually, you know, you sort of by default, you treat those tight ends as like blockers. Um, And it makes it really difficult when you've got, you know, your big linebacker lined up on Janu, who's more like a, you know, a big wide receiver in terms of his athletic ability um, that he's going to have opportunities to just outrun those guys. And we, I mean, honestly, you look at what Michael Pruitt did last year. And I think Janu Smith's just like a better version of that in terms of his receiving. He's not as impactful as a blocker, but he's a better receiver. So it, it it's a little bit of a trade-off, but I, I think the receiving is more what the Falcons need because they do have guys like John Fitzpatrick and Parker Hesse there for the blocking. And we did notice that Desmond Ritter did sort of look through its way. He, he looked the way of that tight end as, you know, a little bit of a safety valve, you know, mm-hmm. in those, in those few games. And that's something that's very common for any young quarterback to sort of, you know, entrust his tight end a little bit. And I know Kyle Pitts is on the depth chart as, you know, the primary tight end. Kyle Pitts is going to be lined up out wide for most of his snaps. Like, Kyle Pitts, I look at more as, you know, as a wide receiver than than tight end, you know, at the moment. I think Jonu Smith will be the guy who will be more so in that traditional tight end role. Uh, you know, these position te1 te2 this sort of means nothing in arthur smith's offense because he runs so many you know double tight end looks um to i mean we'll probably see some looks where you have you know three you know tight ends on the field at the same time um you know with smith maybe parker hesse kyle pitts um but yeah i mean i i think he will he'll He'll sort of be a, a little bit of a sleeper pick in fantasy football drafts. Like he, yeah, John yeah. Smith is definitely someone I'm going to be looking at in in those. You oh know, yeah, in those late, late rounds, late teen rounds. Yeah, where yeah. you know he'll, you know he can get you he can get you some production. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that'll be how he's utilized. I'm really curious about because he's one of those sort of wild card players on the offense that not really sure what to expect there, but based on what we've seen from his time with Smith in the past could, could be really interesting and, and be a great player to take advantage of the attention that Drake and and Kyle Pitts are going to be getting on pretty much every play. Um, So he should have room to, to operate there for sure. Um, Last, last thing we'll mention um, a player who is getting shouted out on multiple reports now and that's former undrafted linebacker Dorian Etheridge, a former preseason darling, uh, ended up on the practice squad last year, um, did make the roster the year before, and is still sticking around. Apparently, uh, Etheridge today had uh, an interception off of Taylor Heineke, um, and he's apparently just been making up, making plays all spring and up to this point. So, Etheridge is, is someone that's interesting. He he did immediately make the team as a UDFA. And look, that linebacker group behind like Caden Ellis and Troy Anderson is basically wide open. So there's certainly an opportunity for him. Um, what do you think? I mean, do you think do you think he has a legit shot at this point uh, based on who the Falcons currently have on the roster? No, of course he does. You know, Dorian Etheridge is my guy too. Like we remember him being yeah. one of those one of the he had most like 18 tackles, guys. right? That one game or something is nuts. Like he, was, like he was so fast too. Like he was moving faster than like anyone on the field. It seemed like this was, was it two years ago? The preseason two years it was ago, two preseasons ago. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, like the linebacker depth is wide open right now. You mentioned it. You have Caden Ellis, you have Troy Anderson. Um, and who knows what's going to happen with Michael Walker. Like, he is someone that was drafted by the Falcons, but you know, he's, I, I don't think Walker is a lock to make the roster right now. Yeah. I mean, he was drafted by what it was the last Dimitrov year, I think. So, um, yeah. And yeah. I mean, he, I mean, we'll see, but you know, Etheridge, I don't see why Etheridge doesn't have as good of a chance as any non-starter on the roster to, you know, potentially make the roster, especially, you know, he's he apparently has a head start right now, given the fact that, you know, there have been rave reports about him. You know, we'll see what he does in the preseason. We'll see what he does in training camp. That's, you know, that's there, you know, for everyone right now as, as a very fair platform. But, 
you know, I can definitely see a world where Dorian Etheridge makes the team as, you know, you know, for one, he's, you know, he'll, he can help contribute on special teams. And I mean, yeah, he can, he can definitely be one of those, uh, one of those depth linebackers. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's got, he's got a, a, he's got a chance certainly. Um, And I think, you know, him and Nate Landman are probably better position than people think they, they elected not to re-sign Rashawn Evans, even when we heard that they were like considering it. Um, and I think that shows that they do have faith in some of those UDFA types. They did bring in Andre Smith Jr., who's a really good special teamer. So, you know, I wonder if he's sort of like the back of the roster guy. But I think they're probably looking for more like on-field play from the earlier guys. And we mentioned it last week, right? Like, there's three guys that all have those 2.7 million cap hits or uh, in savings, basically, that the Falcons could save 2.7 million from cutting Matt Hennessy or Jalen Hawkins or Michael Walker. And, like, I don't foresee most of those guys getting cut, but I sort of think one of the three will. And I know last week it was, it was Hawkins, but now I'm thinking it might be Walker. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if one of them is going, I mean, Hennessy's safe. Yeah. Hennessy's safe. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, if, if Hawkins locks down that primary backup safety spot, which he's the proverbial favorite to do so. um, Yeah. I, I would say it's probably what I think Walker faces stiffer competition for yeah. a backup spot at his position than Hawkins does for his. Yeah. And like Walker clearly lost favor with Dean Pease, but remember that Frank Bush, the linebackers coach is still here. So you have to think Frank Bush had input on that. Um, so I, I do wonder if, if this is not like, you know, Ryan Nielsen's running a different defense, but the linebacker coach has stayed the same. So I do wonder if Michael Walker's maybe still in the doghouse a little bit um, and, and needing to really prove himself. And, like, I think he's certainly capable of it, and I do think his coverage specialty is something the team doesn't really have right now. Um, so that could be a pathway for him to make the roster as more of a coverage-focused linebacker, but it's it's tough because he's got to... He probably has to prove himself on special teams, um, which I think he has dabbled in some, but hasn't necessarily been an impact special teamer. He's got to contend with, you know, the two UDFAs that we mentioned from previous years and, and Dorian Etheridge and Nate Lamon. Also, Andre Smith Jr. coming in, the vet, and then a couple of other guys. Tay Davis is another special teams guy. Mike Jones Jr., the UDFA from this year. So, you know, it, it's not an easy path for any of these guys. I think the competition's pretty tough there, and we'll just have to see who ends up uh, emerging victorious. You know, probably two or three of those guys make it. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see who, who it ends up being. But... Um, 2.7 million it could be a deciding factor if walker is sort of tied with dorian etheridge you have to think they'll lean towards the, saving the money as opposed to uh you know keeping keeping walker who this regime did not draft to be fair so we'll see i mean yeah then that's that's the nature of the business right it's mm-hmm. but that's the nature of any business it's this isn't yeah. just the nfl it's if if i'm producing at the exact same level and let's say that you know that is the case as another guy but you know that person is making less money than i am then and only one of us can be kept then you know the firm will keep that other person that's that's just i don't know it's just the way it sort of works i mean it kind of sucks but (laughs) it does um That UDFA there, contract's looking mighty tempting right now. So <laughs> yeah, there's only so many like roster spots. Yeah, it's very true. So uh, we will see what becomes of that. But uh, we did it, Adnan. We stretched it over an hour. I'm proud of us. Uh, we We're had like, yeah, we had We're like two days of practice that really only a few people even got to see, and we stretched that into over an hour of of talk. So uh, good on us. Um, thanks to everyone for hanging out with us tonight. We're going to get through this dead period uh, next Wednesday. I believe we're going to do our season predictions because we never actually did like a schedule breakdown show because I was out of town when it happened. And then it was like, well, you know, let's save that content for, for the depths of the offseason. So I think we'll probably do like a schedule breakdown and season prediction show soon. Um, on Monday, I've got a show coming up with Will McFadden where we look at the top uh, breakout players to watch. And uh, we'll be firing up some some training camp related stuff in the future. Uh, as well as we sort of get towards the end of June. Um, but yeah, like, subscribe. If you enjoyed tonight's show, we really appreciate that. 
Uh, check us out on Discord. The link's in the show description. Uh, if you're interested in supporting the show on Patreon, getting involved in our patron fantasy leagues, which we're going to be forming here pretty soon. Uh, we have, you know, whoever wants to join, you're welcome to uh, sign up on Patreon, patreon.com slash live. You also get some exclusive show perks and of course our gratitude. So hit that up. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, if you're listening to this show off the air and you'd like to contribute to the training camp fund, you could do so offline at the link in the show description. Uh, we will be able to read your, your comment or message on the next show. Uh, so don't worry. Those are, are saved the messages. So just make sure you leave one and we'll be able to get to it on the next show. Um, but yeah, before we take off, want to thank my co-host as always, Adnan Ikic at Say Which Way. Uh, not anything you're working on that you'd like to plug. Um, just gonna be doing some of these open threads. Uh, you know, just reminiscing on some Falcon stuff in the past. I wrote an article today discussing, you know, the dates for training camp. So, if you guys don't know what the exact dates are for for camp, then you know, check that out. But yeah, it's just, uh, you know, just sort of trying to get through the grind of the depths of the offseason right now with, you know, with just the Atlanta Braves to keep me company at the moment. Oh, and the Atlanta United. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be tough, you know, but we stretch this content out for for an hour. So we can probably stretch out some stuff for, for at least a, a couple of weeks here. But uh Pretty soon we're going to start mining the, uh, you know, training camp previews uh, pretty hard. So, hey, we're going to have fun with it. We appreciate everyone for hanging out uh, and, and, and hanging out with us. And, uh, of course, we will be uh, bringing you all of that great content from training camp when that kicks off, I believe. The early plan is that I will be there for the first week. Adnan will be there for the second week. But we're going to iron out those details and let you guys know as soon as we know. Um, maybe we'll even get Evan up there. For, for a day or two, you know, get our director of guest personnel. Uh, none of us have ever actually met Evan, so we're not convinced that he's not some, you know, very, like, deep fake uh, AI generation at this point. But uh, we would love to meet, you know, Evan and see for real one way or the other and inform you guys of that. Um, also got some potentially other cool stuff uh, coming around training camp that I, I'm working on. So we'll see uh, if that pans out or not. But uh, until then, guys, like I said, check out the show coming out monday check us out next wednesday for our next live uh and of course you can follow me kevin knight at falcoholic kevin and check out all the great content we got on the falcoholic.com tonight's show was presented by bet online and we thank everyone for hanging out chatting and uh talking some falcons with us here in the depths of the dead zone but we're just a little over a month out from uh the fire hose of content being turned back on and then it's going to be off to the races for the 2023 nfl season so until then, guys, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We will see you next time on the Falcoholic Live from myself and from Adnan. Have a great night, folks. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit